this week on the Have More, we are finally getting over the flu bug, just like the Montreal Canadiens. Well, hopefully, hopefully. And tonight we're making our comeback, just like the Canadians against the Devils. Let's see if we can clinch it out in overtime. I mean, they they, they almost do. We have a Kovalchuk in the back pocket to make it happen. I mean, I feel like I'm the Kovalchuk. You, you think you were the Kovalchuk? <laughs> Interesting. Well, did you hear the Habs too? They were apparently throwing up like between shifts. Yeah. I mean, no, hopefully, I, yeah. hopefully, we're not going to be doing the same thing. Uh, I I I think I'm past the, the that I point. So uh, uh, I think so too. And and from what I understand, throwing up wasn't your biggest issue. Not to get into too many details, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's been a while since uh, we uh, did the last pod. It was since was it before the week off or no, the the week off we did one. It was the twenty second, the last time we did a all podcast. Right. So since then there was a, a long period of uh, just no hockey, well, no Canadians hockey at the very least. And the Canadians Canadians have gone three wins and two losses, including the very exciting wins against New Jersey earlier this week, and. They are still eight points out of the playoffs. Basically, nothing has changed. Yeah, well, I mean, they always, like, they're, well, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Mm. And again, and, and we said it before, they went on that stretch uh, five, five or six games yeah, in a row. Five, they yeah. won. They were 10 points out of a playoff spot before that. They win five or six in a row, and they were 11, 11 points out. So, I mean, there, there's just so many teams in front of them at this point that, I mean, no matter how good they do, it's, it's just it's going to be nearly impossible. And realistically, where the Canadians are, so right now they're after basically every team in front of the Canadians are the teams fighting for the playoffs. They're they're in the in the bunch that are just fighting for whoever's going to get best lottery because in front of the Canadians is the Maple Leafs with um, sorry sixty three points and the Canadians have fifty seven. Like it's going to stay like this. The the, the Canadians are probably going to finish exactly where they are right now at the very least within the the Eastern Conference and uh, it is what it is. But at the very least, now we're not going to go every game, game by game. The very least, all we can ask for at this point is to have some exciting hockey. And oh boy, was yesterday some exciting hockey. That was uh, that was a crazy game for sure. Well, not yesterday. Oh no, not yesterday. Tuesday. The day, the day, Tuesday. <laughs> what day is it today? Who knows? But absolute crazy game. I mean, you see the Habs go down early. They're down three nothing. Here we go again. And I mean, especially against the Devils. I mean, such a I mean, not a great team. I mean, obviously the Canadians haven't been great this season either. But you see them go down three, three zero, you know, pretty early, and you think, oh man, here we go, here we go again. Canadians, another bad effort here. But I mean, to come back like that, and I mean, you know, just to just to nail it or put the nail well, in the coffin. It's just the way it happens because, of course, yeah. every time Ilya Kovalchuk goes to New Jersey. He's gonna get booed, and I was actually reading on on Twitter and on on some forums some some Devils fans kind of arguing it because I always kind of understood Devils fans for for booing, but a lot of Devils fans were, were actually kind of saying, "Hold on, he gave us a crazy cup run. He was the best offensive player the Devils ever had, and he um, he basically saved them from a horrible contract. Because <laughs> at this point, yeah, this contract would be true. Would, yeah. would, would be a burden. But at the same time." I get why some fans would, would boo, but it's kind of interesting because when the Devils now come to Montreal, you got P.K. Subban with the Boo Birds all the time for some reason, and Kovalchuk in the same kind of way. Should he get booed, he's getting booed. It's just the, 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 the duo of the people being booed. But for him to <laughs> score that shootout winner and just do the shush, and then I don't know if you saw, but they were on Instagram. I think he was with Max Domi. Yeah, on the plane, they, they did an Instagram thing, and he's doing the... Like the oh, yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was good. It was, it was a good moment for Kovalchuk. 
You gotta love the way that he's he's just blending in with the team. He actually put he I think it was on Instagram that he posted like right after the game he posted something in French too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean you gotta love that. He obviously seems to seems to love the city. I mean we've been talking about this the last couple of shows, but I mean, you know, you, I think we're just falling more and more in love with him. It's just so fun to see Kovalchuk's like name on a Habs jersey, and he clearly still has it. I it I am more than ever baffled by what happened in L.A. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, <laughs> who knows? I mean, there, that, there doesn't the seem to be thing that kind of gives me a bit of hesitation with him. Because was but, he yeah. was he just in, is he just now playing for a contract and in L.A. he kind of just sat back? But that's not the vibe I get from him at all. I see a player mm-hmm. with a ton of passion yeah. that has more to prove and that just wants to to win. And, and since we're on Kovalchuk right now, there is a John Liu t- tweet from earlier today, and I mean I'm sure everyone is familiar with John Liu. He's probably one of the best Canadians insiders. Said Kovalchuk said he'd like to wait a couple of weeks before asking his agent to open talks about a potential contract extension in Montreal. Kovalchuk said he wants to concentrate on picking up ground on the teams they are chasing before addressing his uh, personal situation. So, bless you, Kovalchuk. You're one of these people that still <laughs> thinks we can make the playoffs. We're not going to. But, I mean, players say things like that. It means what it means. Yeah. But it's still a... I, I get the vibe that he might be open to staying with the Montreal Canadiens and signing yeah, I mean, a I mean, it certainly, it certainly seems that way. And, I mean, by all accounts, like, and even people that played with him in Los Angeles, I mean, seem to... I mean, don't have a bad thing to say about him. Yeah. You know, everyone says that he was a good teammate, that he is a good teammate. He seems to be a great, great teammate for, for, you know, for the young guys that we have now. And, I mean, it's always good to have that sort of presence in the locker room. I mean, obviously you have Carey Price, you have Shea Weber, but, I mean, the more guys you can get, the better like that. And, and he, it's, he's not just about the presence in the locker room, I would say. I would say with mm-hmm. Weber uh, especially, like we already have – a lot of people say the best locker room leader out there. Kovalchuk has a presence on the ice that mm-hmm. just there's something about the way he plays that I feel it brings it out of people. It kind of reminds me how Gallagher lately in the last couple of years Gallagher has been kind of on one line because it's been such a successful mm-hmm. line for us with Tatar and Danu. But Gallagher for a long time was the guy that you can put him on any line. Oh, there's a line struggling. I can put Gallagher there and they'll do well. And I feel like Kovalchuk gives a bit of the same thing that I don't feel like Kovalchuk needs to be with a specific player, he can just make it work with whoever he's playing with. Yeah, I mean, he seems to have a bit of a swagger to him when he gets out on Absolutely. the ice. And I mean, yeah, like you said, he just he makes the t- the players that he plays with just that much better. And always a threat out on the ice. Always, I mean, you, you never see him really take a shift off. That's so definitely what you want to see from him. And I mean, we'll see if he's going to be a Canadian in the next uh, trade deadline is what, about three weeks away now, so We'll see if he uh, is a trade, uh, if if he is trade bait or not by by that time. And who knows what Belchavani is even th- thinking? Also, yeah. For all we know, uh, if he's out of the playoffs, he has no interest in holding on to uh, to Kolachuk. But if Belchavani thinks he could be better, he want if he wants to win next year, which we all think he he, he does. Like they were, they are in a win now. It's not a rebuild case. And I do think this year was a bit of an unfortunate year. Those two A game losing streets are kind of like. Crazy, yeah. they're anomalies, right? They, they, we replay those those two eight game series a uh, hundred times. They're not going to lose eight games in a row, mm-hmm. uh, like another time probably. So it's it's just one of those things where there's they they are still so close from being that team. And you add a Kovalchuk to start the year, and, and they got off defense. to such a great start yeah, too, right? I exactly. mean, they were something like I think twelve and five or yeah. something to start the season. So I mean, they looked, you know, they were off to a great start. It looked like they were picking up right where they lost, uh, left off the season before, and then. Obviously, unfortunately, the injury started to hurt, 
or or come, and uh, obviously they sort of killed us. But I mean, we'll see. You know, next season definitely. I think Kovalchuk could very well be in the plans for the Canadians, and he could definitely help them. I mean, it's getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. I'm I'm definitely very excited to see how the team's gonna gonna. Because at this point, like if you're a reasonable fan and you understand that they're not gonna make the playoffs. I'm sorry, optimists. It's just yeah. it is what it is. Uh, the, the, I'm just excited to see what, what's going to happen with as far as okay, what are we going to do to build for next year? Are we going to make some moves? The, I honestly think it's going to be a boring deadline for the Canadians. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like so a pick for Thompson and and moves like that. You know, maybe some depth guys just send him somewhere else if someone wants him. You know, but uh, uh, unless there's some sort of crazy offer, uh, honestly, the most likely to go is. That would yield an, something actually valuable is probably Kovalchuk. Yep. But I wouldn't also be surprised at all if they hold on to him in, in the hopes of uh, of resigning him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised. And aside from that, I don't think you're going to see definitely Jeff Petrie. I don't think he's going anywhere. Thomas Tatar, doubtful. Unless like they really got a crazy offer, which wouldn't even surprise me. If yeah, they did. exactly. Well, I, I feel the same way about Petrie. Honestly, Petrie and Tatar are very similar situations. Uh, where they're, they're very like if Petrie and Tatar, if t- tomorrow Belgerin does a press conference and says these two guys are available, they are two of the top, if not the top, oh, yeah. available at the trade deadline. Yeah, both both get a great return. Exactly. So if someone blows our socks off for either of them, I mean, the thing with Petrie especially, what, we would have to receive someone that is ready to step in right away and help us next year. Yeah. Uh, on on right D, uh, hopefully. But with Tatar, it's more. It's it's interesting. But I, if I were to, if I were to bet, I'm saying nothing happens. Yeah, nothing and I mean, aside happens. from that, like uh, probably the way that it's going with Kovalchuk, I don't think he's going to be moved. And then I mean, that basically leaves guys like, like you said, Thompson, maybe Scandella, maybe Cousins. Obviously, you're not going to get huge returns. Pick up a couple of you know fourth, fifth round. Yeah, that then that is what it is, and we're just looking forward to. You know the draft and free agency, and see see what uh, uh, what happens here. But like there, but to to move back to the to, to, the the game is coming along. Uh, here we could talk a bit about the the schedule ahead, and just looking at January in general, uh, February I should say. It's obviously after having a January, we had a whole week off. February is completely full of games. I think we're finally going to get to a point where people are going to stop talking about the playoffs here. I mean, <laughs> r- right now the, they're about to start a game uh, against the Anaheim Ducks as we're. Uh, uh, Recording this, then Saturday it's uh, against Toronto. I mean, that's always fun, no matter what the standings say. And it's just nonstop. And it's Phoenix. It's not 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 as easy as it used to be. Then in Boston, in Pittsburgh, versus Dallas. I mean, it's it's not an easy schedule coming up. And we've seen them lose to Detroit twice, right? So no, uh, no games are, are guaranteed. Uh, but the the big difference for these games coming up, there's two guys that just got called up: Jake Evans and Xavier Wallet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So excited to see what they can do. Xavier Ouellette, obviously, last season he started started off the season with the Canadians. I thought he looked really good um, before he ended up getting sent down. It was pretty... I remember being surprised. Yeah, we were both yeah, pretty, pretty surprised. surprised, and we liked him ahead of other players that ended up sticking with the Canadians. Yeah, so it is pretty disappointing, um, or it was disappointing at the time. Definitely very happy to see him back. Well, I'm happy to see him with the Canadians, disappointed for the Rocket. That's the thing that's weird to me. What's the point of calling up the Rocket captain at this point? Well, I mean, I guess you want to, you know, sort of... 
I mean, Shea Weber's you know, injured. I'm give sure him that has a... something to do with that. Or was he called up before the injury was announced? No, maybe, well, maybe, I think it basically knew. happened yeah, at the same time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you sort of want to, you know, give him a pat on the back for, for a good season Fair enough. Um, that he's had. He, I mean, this is going to be his first call-up of the season. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah, I mean, he had a goal and three assists last night, including the overtime winner. And a huge game for the Rocket, huge win for the Rocket. Um, one thing maybe a little bit surprising to me, obviously, Shea Weber, a right-handed defenseman, Willett, a left-handed defenseman. Yeah. Um, Willett, however, I mean, the Rocket do have an abundance of left-handed defensemen, um, so he has actually been playing on the right side as of late. Um, so maybe they want to see what he can do on the right side. Um, so you know, maybe he can be sort of a versatile, versatile guy on the left and right. Um, so, yeah, kind of interesting that he got the call-up instead of Kale Fleury, but... It's it's a good point that you made. Well, I'm, well I, I guess the Kale Fleury thing. It is weird that they sent Kale Fleury down to to begin with. Mm. Uh, I mean, I was hoping at this point to see Kale Fleury in the lineup every single game until the end of the year. But maybe they just feel like he just needs to play some top minutes, and it's more of a development move to put him in uh, in Laval. But of the two moves, the one I'm most excited to see play with the Canadians is Jake Evans, and he's definitely earned his spot. He got a sl- very very slow start to the season. Uh, but uh, lately, uh, where is it here? He's 30 points in his last 31 AHL games. Yep. So he's been, like, I'm yeah, assuming the best fire. scorer for the for the Rocket. In the, yeah, in he span. is the best scorer for the Rocket so far this season. Um, I mean, first of all, in, in camp, he was a, one of, if not the last cut from the Canadians. So, I mean, he looked like he, he was very close to winning a spot um, out, right out of camp. Um, I don't know if he was, you know, he was really hit with disappointment uh, by getting cut. As, uh, yes, like you mentioned, he got off to a really so slow start. Not just getting cut, but seeing everyone else getting called up yeah, that's, before yeah, him. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. That's true, too. Um, went first 17 games of the season without a goal. Um, so, yeah, obviously got off to a slow start, but actually 34 points in his uh, in the last 34 AHL games. It's Jake Evans that's got an empty netter. His like, first goal. And it was, yeah, it was like 17 games. Of the, and then yeah. uh, then Bouchard like, gave him a huge hug, and it was like a... A big, yep. a big thing and all that. So it, it's great to see him come back from that. It, it just really shows you how the whole monkey on your back thing is, is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, his first goal of the season was an empty netter, and after that, he just basically has been on fire since. Obviously, I mean, playing with Shaq Dome has been a, a huge help to that as well. You done with, uh, I think, up to 24 goals now after yesterday. He got two yesterday. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, but- he's obviously got great line mates, which is helping. So what is Evans' realistic upside, though? He kind of gives me the vibe of someone that's always going to be great in the AHL and just kind of go back and forth NHL, AHL. I mean, He's definitely a bottom six guy um, in the NHL. Can he serve that role, though? Is, is his defensive it's, it's ability gonna be... good enough? He's going he's to need to work on his that part of his game. Yeah. Well, he and he definitely has. Career. He definitely has the last two seasons. Um, I mean, when he came out of college, out of Notre Dame, he – he definitely that was one of the things he really had to work on was his defense, and he definitely has done that the last two seasons. Um, in practice, um, apparently he was on on the right wing today, um, so that's maybe that's where they're they they plan on playing him, not necessarily at center. Um, but I mean, if he can be on that third line, you know, maybe playing. Well, with he was playing with actually uh, the I have the lines here uh, posted uh, 30 minutes ago by uh, Jonathan Bernier from uh, Journal de Montréal. So obviously Tatar Daniel Gallagher. Lekkonen, Suzuki, and Armia uh, kind of slotted as a second line, but I guess is a 2A, 2B. And then Evans playing with Kovalchuk and Domi. Now, that, that's getting an opportunity that's pretty good. <laughs> to get some offense going. That's not too bad at all, for yeah. sure. So, I mean, happy to see him getting you know a legit opportunity, you know, not playing like on a line with Jordan Wheel and Nick Cousins. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see what he can do starting starting tonight. Oh boy, though, looking at the Habs defense when you remove Shea Weber, oh yeah. boy, is it scary. <laughs> so we got Ben Sherratt on the left side with Victor Mete on the right side. Brett Kulak and Jeff Petrie, and then Scandella and Foline. Oh boy, not pretty. <laughs> That's a. I mean, a good thing we're playing Anaheim, I guess. But uh, hey, if, for the people that want to tank. And maybe Weber should stay in the press box because I can't see that defense doing yeah, doing very well. I mean, I mean, Petra did did really well uh, in in uh, Weber's absence in a, in a bigger role. Yeah, he definitely always seems to seems to step up one when the Habs really yeah. need him to. Um, so hopefully he can do so. But I mean, after Petrie, it's uh, it's pretty bare there. I mean, Mete on the right side. I feel like they've done that a couple of times, and it never seems to work out. Yeah. I mean, he's not exactly having uh, having the. I mean, obviously he scored a couple of goals this season, but uh, he's definitely not having the best season. And then is that the first pair or, or Sherratt and Mete? It can't be the first pair. Going to play. So then Kulak is going to play top minutes. He's going to play twenty five <laughs> minutes going up against. The top line. I mean, like I said, it's Anaheim. Anaheim doesn't have the team they used to have, obviously. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know where Willett's going to slide in there. Well, he's not playing today from what I, <laughs> yeah, from what I, I can guess. see here. Right? Based on those yeah. lines, he's not playing. But, but it uh, makes sense because he just got called up, right, uh, earlier today. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so, well, I mean, so did Evans. But I feel like with a forward, it's easier to kind of slot in than a – I don't know, maybe not, but – but, yeah, that's not the best defense, especially on Saturday. Playing against Toronto, that's going to be a tough yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's going to be rough against Toronto with that defense for sure. But uh, against Toronto, actually, what is – we're thinking – so Eric Engels tweeted this out. It's looking like uh, Drouin could be back Saturday against the Leafs. I mean, it's obviously a too little too late getting Drouin back at, at, uh, at this point. But I'm happy for him to come back, and I'm excited to see how he plays on his return because he was having a bit of a breakout. Yeah, like he, he was, was having an amazing season. Amazing season, off. consistent and all that. And it, it always breaks your heart to see a guy like that go down when he's having those seasons because is he going to find that back when he comes back? So I, I the, the things to watch with the rest of this, even mm-hmm. if the Canadians are going to miss the playoffs and all that, like there's always obviously always the kids. When a guy like Evans gets called up, it's always fun to watch him play. You want to see Suzuki keep performing. But I want to see Dwayne finish really, really strong. Like I want him to pick it up right where he left off so he can go into next year with the same kind of like same season he was having this year. Because that, that is a big, clearly it was a big part of the team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because the team collapsed after Absolutely he got Absolutely collapsed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, definitely that that is going to be one of the big talking points for the rest of the season is how Drouin does once he does come back, and uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, hopefully he can finish strong, have a good end to the season, and hopefully uh, get off to a good start. You know, start you know get uh, get next season uh, off to a great start too. Because the the thing with Dwayne, like my, my my fear with him was that the issue was always consistency for him to finally find his consistency and then to go down to injury. I'm just there's part of me that's worried he's just gonna go back into kind of old habits. We've seen players come back from injuries and kind of not not look the same and all that. I, I, I don't want to already feel negative about him, but it was finally kind of coming together. I just really hope that he comes back just as strong as he was doing uh, uh, before. So I mean, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll be back. Uh, I mean, maybe on Saturday. Definitely, they the Habs could use his scoring capabilities. I mean, and it's against the Leafs. The Leafs games are always uh, a good game, uh, no matter what. Uh, so, so moving on from that, the other big news uh, that happened, and we talked about this way, way back. I remember the first time I brought this off, you scoffed as <laughs> if it was a ridiculous proposition. You uh, Listeners, you don't always see the looks Dustin gives me. 
But sometimes I'll say something, and he looks at me like I'm the biggest idiot to ever speak, <laughs> essentially. And when I suggested that maybe it would be a good idea to send Kitkiniemi down, oh, God, Dustin gave me the look of me being a stupid child. You see, you, you, to be fair, you see that look a lot, right? Oh, I do, but that was one of the worst times. <laughs> and he did get sent down, and you agree with him being sent down. Uh, well, I mean, at this oh, point... Oh, you're going to change your mind now that the well, podcast I mean, is recording? No, no, but hey, at this point, he, he was sitting in the press box a couple of games. I mean, for no reason. What's the point of that? No, well, exactly. I mean, I think that he should be playing with the Canadians. He should be on the third line. He should be playing with a guy like Kovalchuk. But, but we're coming into the same problem, though. We want him to, to develop as a centerman. Suzuki is turning into one hell of a centerman. So is, uh, we're going to have to move Domi to the wing if that's what we're doing. But is that what we want to do? Or does Kutkiniemi just need to play some first-line center minutes in Hamilton? And how? Oh, why do I always say Hamilton in Laval <laughs> for for like for the rest of the year? Just let him let him. I want to see him dominate in in, uh, in Laval. Yeah, well, definitely. And I mean, he's been doing pretty good so far. He had three assists last night, so he's obviously doing really well playing. I mean, probably his his somebody posted it today. I forget who it was, but his line mates in the HL are probably better than the line mates that he's had in the NHL. I mean, no, he's playing as, with... As, the, at least as far as yeah. offensive ability, like for sure. Yeah, probably. So who has he been playing with? Uh, well, he's playing with, like, uh, Charles Ludon also played a bit with Jake Evans. Um, so, I mean, you know, Charles Ludon has scored 24, 24 goals this season. I'd rather... You know, he's he's a better scorer, I would say, than Jordan Wheel. But yeah, so. I, would, I would agree with that. And one of the things that he said after the game... And, and, and Kutkinemi seems like a guy that kind of wears his kind of hard on his sleeve. Like, I, I like I, I believe that he feels this way. He said that his first game was the most fun he's had playing hockey all year. Yeah. So, so this tells me this is what he needed. We saw all the clips, him pregame, still had his huge signature smile. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, he's still just, um, he's still 19, right? He, he hasn't yeah. turned 20 yet, so he's still 19. He's younger than Nick Suzuki. He's the youngest professional hockey player in the city of Montreal and Laval. He's not the first player to make the team his rookie year and then get sent down at some point to do a bit of kind of working on his game at the AHL level. It's happened with countless great players. And I think that this is the perfect... Because if we want him to become a first-line center, he needs to play first-line center somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, especially at this point. I mean, uh, you know, the way that the season has gone, it's not helping him playing on the third line very limited minutes with guys that really don't have much scoring upside sitting in the press box a lot of games you know a cup like it was like two or three games in a row that he sat in the press box there's no point in that i mean especially now the rocket are going to be really in the thick of things in the playoffs right now they're sitting in a playoff position it's probably going to come down right to the wire if they do make the playoffs i mean that's that's going to be probably the best thing for his development he's going to build that confidence and you know hopefully be able to come out really flying next season Absolutely. I mean, we, we all know how much, uh, y'all, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know how much I love Kotkaniemi. So, uh, if anything, one of our friends that listens makes fun of me because I, I, I love him <laughs> too much, apparently. But at the end of the day, I just believe that he can be the future star the Canadians haven't had in a long time. It seems like we already have that in Nick Suzuki, but not against having two. And I, I'm, I'm not in no way ready to give up on Kotkaniemi. He's still extremely young. And when he was drafted... 
they they were talking about him at the time as a long-term player, as a four-year project kind of player, and then all of a sudden he came to camp and killed it yeah. and earned his way on the team. If he if he hadn't killed it in camp, and he just had an okay camp this year, and he was still play, he was still wasn't with the Canadian with the big club, and he stayed playing. I don't know where he was playing, but like somewhere in Finland, I'm assuming. He, like, no one would be freaking out right now. We'd all be super excited about this guy we've got coming up and in the pipeline. But just because he came up maybe a bit too early, but he had a good year last year, it's just he's just going through his progression. Let him go through his progression. I think in the long term, I still believe we're gonna have a great player out out of this kid. So let him just go have a good time in Laval. And honestly, I might go back to see a game in Laval now because I want to see him play for some first-line minutes instead of getting frustrated because he's playing 10 minutes yeah. a game with Jordan Wheel and never in opportunity, never on the power play, never getting those opportunities, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I agree. It makes sense, you know, to have him have him down there. Uh, again, you know, he's only played two or three games now. He's looked really good so far, and he's getting top minutes you know, playing in different situations as well. So I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to be the best thing for his, for his progress. And, and I mean, definitely there's, there's no way that you can call him a bust at this point. I mean, you know, he had a, he had a really ridiculous season last year as an 18 year old, obviously slowed down this season, has struggled, but, uh, and not just because of like he had some injuries, he's had bad luck with injuries and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's just one of those years. So just go have fun in Laval and see you and next year. <laughs> the fact that he has a good attitude about going to Laval yeah, is well, a exactly. great sign, right? Exactly. He doesn't he doesn't give me the impression of being in any way entitled or anything to no. his playing time or anything like that. I mean, we're not in the room so we don't know exactly what's going on, but nothing nothing gives us that impression. And I mean, we'll see what Joy Bouchal can actually do here if he can help him progress, progressing and all that and and we'll we'll see. Uh, so and, uh, Kale Fleury obviously got sent down as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that I think was a little bit more. Well, actually, I was very surprised first of all to see him sit. I thought, I mean, I, there's really not any better options I than Fleury yeah, on the right side. Weird. I mean, to, like to call up Feline. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And then they had even like Kulak playing on the right side, right right side a bit. Like I, I really don't understand. Fleury for me has been great so far this season. I mean the the right defense is better with Flurry in the lineup Definitely. right now, there's, there's, and and the thing is is if the, if it is a win now thing like what is it what is it that Julien is seeing that's lacking in Flurry's game that we're not seeing I like I, I just don't get it. I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> I, like I don't know. It really puzzles me why they sent Flurry down. He's definitely but, better than Foline. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. A hundred percent. But uh, anyway, I mean, you know, again, he'll be down there in Laval where he's comfortable. He's going to be playing top minutes, definitely the top defenseman on the right side now. hundred percent in Laval. Um, so you know, hopefully he'll be able to play top minutes, help the help the Rocket make the playoffs. I mean, the Rockets just added a top AHL defenseman and a top AHL center. I mean, they should there be able to go. go on a run. Hopefully, That'd well, I mean, they also just lost their captain, <laughs> Jake Evans. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, Fleury's better defenseman at this point than Xavier Wallet. Well. I mean, they're different. They're different. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. J- Jake Evans. But Jake Evans. I don't like. I think as soon as Dwayne's backup, Evans is going back down. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think. Uh, like, well, I mean, I think. I think that they'll definitely give Jake Evans like a fair amount of games. I think Paling will probably go down once Dwayne comes back. Yeah. Paling. That's true. Yeah. Well, I really don't know why Paling's still well, up here. Yeah. What's the point of him being up here right now? Like, wait, if he's gonna get benched, so you'd think he's gonna be sent down pretty soon. But once Dwayne's in, unless they they plan on on 
sitting away. So there's still wheel. Uh, also, I mean, it doesn't make sense to really keep Evans up. No, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to give him, you know, his his fair little shot. No, I, I know what give you mean. Like you don't want to just. Weeks. You still want to be fair to the kid. Give him a couple games yeah, exactly. and see what he can do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so uh, moving on, we thought we'd talk about some uh, interesting trade room. Not trade room. No, this one's no, not a trade definitely room. Not rumor. Definitely not a rumor. Definitely not a rumor. This one was. The the, the, the the brilliant uh, Normand Flynn, he's with, is he RDS or TVS Ball? RDS. RDS. Yeah. So, by brilliant, I mean one of the biggest fools that talk about, talks about the Montreal Canadian. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but uh, when, uh, someone, a great follow on Twitter is uh, Etienne Ferland. Is his, uh, is his handle just Etienne Ferland? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's what uh, he, he's, he's the one, his tweet's the one that kind of blew up talking about it. Normand Flynn thinks we should trade Cole Caulfield. For Kyle Palmieri. That's crazy. Do you think that's a good idea, Dustin? <laughs> I do not. I, I I mean, I would love to see the fan that thinks that's a good idea. To, to trade anyone, to, 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 tra- to do any trade for this year that's like moving prospects or picks to improve this year is ridiculous. Yes, even, even if the Canadians were... If the Canadians were like third in the East, and going for a, a run, I wouldn't trade Cole Caulfield for Kyle fucking Palmieri. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it, I mean, Kyle, like, Palmieri would be a good guy to have. He's a good player. I'd like to have Palmieri. But Cole, Cole Caulfield's like our top prospect at this point. It's not with the Canadian. Well, Romanov, too. Yeah, but, he's, but he's up there, you know? Oh, for sure. I don't no, get that's, it. Uh, that's a ridiculous trade. I mean, yeah. Um, How does he get paid to talk about hockey? I mean, I wonder that about a lot of people. And we don't. In Montreal, I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we definitely don't. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if RDS is listening, you know, we're we're open to... Uh, I'm sure they're not. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing much more to say about this. No, but, like... It just... I mean, if he had any credibility... Like, I feel like Noam Flynn, like, sometimes he's not too bad. But... With this, that, that, that just, just, it, that. it just takes away. Like, okay, so you know nothing about hockey. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know how you could. I, I don't know how you could even. Uh, even think that. And the thing is, is, you don't even see those trades on like Twitter and stuff. Like coming, like what Habs fan would 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 offer this trade? Is it just for like the shock value? Maybe that's maybe, what it is. Maybe, but then. It, but with this, so what? Like, do you want to be known as the guy that says well, shocking yeah, I mean, things that's, that's that are stupid? Well, anyway. I mean, anyway, and the, the other, the other, was this a rumor or was this? No, well, this was a, no, I don't think it was a, it's not really a rumor. Well, this was Jimmy Murphy. I think he's a guy with the Bruins, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, there were, there were rumors that the Canadians were interested in, uh, in Josh Anderson. So uh, a winger with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets who's having a bad year. Um, last, if I'm not mistaken, it was last season. He had a really good, sort of a breakout season. Always seems to play really good against the Canadians. Um, but I mean, Josh Anderson. I don't know if I mean our listeners know too much about him. I don't know if you know too much about him. Not too much. But, no. but I mean, he's sort of a, you know he's a big winger, sort of a power forward. Yeah, I know he that. He is much. he is a a guy that would be very interesting on the Canadians. Uh, so you're pulling up his stats right now. Like he's having a bad season. This he's year, got right? one goal and yeah. three assists. In how many games? <laughs> well, four points in 26 games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could put up the same production in the NHL. <laughs> wow. Just stand in front of the net and have some pucks accidentally hit your ass and go you in the net. You can barely put that up in our beer league. 
Yeah, it's because I play with shit players. <laughs> if I played with NHL players, I could get a bunch of points. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but okay, so okay, so what last, did he have? What did he last, have last year? Year? He had 27 goals and 20 assists for 47 points in 82 games. Whoop de doo. I mean, but the, what the, the rec- what the what people were saying is a second in Tatar. Tatar's better than that. Oh no, I know. No, no, that, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, obviously, first of all, people weren't saying that. Jimmy Murphy. Was what Jimmy Murphy there. was saying, yeah. And I'm everybody sure, was no, laughing at him. But I'm sure Jimmy Murphy was putting it out there as a. No, well, there, there was a lot of people that said, or well, a lot of people. There, there was rumors that the Canadians, Canadians are interested in Josh Anderson, which I would be interested in him. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. But like with the season he's having, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, on. you're not you're talking about a, a second round pick. If 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 they get a call of someone offering a second round pick for Josh Anderson at this point, I'm like, well, yeah, let's do it. You know, <laughs> but yeah, to to say that you give up Tatar in a second round pick. I mean, if if the Canadians wanted to trade Tatar. You got to figure they're probably getting a first round pick and a pretty legit prospect. No, except that's the thing. If they're training Tatar, it's for like, yeah, like yeah, future yeah. assets. No, exactly. It's not like why are you training Tatar for something like right now? It makes no sense. Well, Josh Anderson is he's an RFA, so I mean, I could see the Canadians going out and getting him, but to say that you trade Tatar for him is is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, if if the Canadians could get Josh Anderson for like maybe a third or fourth. That would definitely be interesting. Sure. Um, but second in Tatar, obviously, that's uh, that's pretty ridiculous. It's, it's, it's extremely ridiculous. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, those were the uh, the two most laughable trade uh, trade proposals on Twitter the last couple of days. Obviously, both ridiculous. Um, any other trade proposals that you saw? Uh, I didn't see anything much. Uh, I'm just seeing that apparently Elliot Freeman uh, listed... Tatar as a potential target for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, for the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's going to be there. It's interesting. It, it would be great to be a fly on the wall uh, for the kind of offers that the Canadians would get from uh, from teams because I, I don't know what exactly what it, what I would need to move Tatar because you do want to be competitive next year, but I feel like we might get to crunch time and someone's going to offer something stupid. Yeah, cause, I mean, he, maybe we he's got to be back from Pittsburgh. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> no, I, know. I agree. I He's got to be one of the most coveted players out there. Oh, absolutely. And the same thing with Petrie. And like you mentioned last time uh, when we talked about this, the Canadians could easily even eat up half his salary. So all of a sudden he's costing like barely over $2 million a year for the next two years yeah. for a 60-point player. With the season he's having, I mean that's that's and a he no signed brainer. for another season. Exactly, that's, exactly. That's crazy. At, at a crazy discount. So like the fact he signed for another season and a, on a great contract, a team that is looking because a lot of teams these days, and I feel like a lot of times they don't they like to make a move that's not just for one year because they're like, okay, we're close to win this year, mm-hmm. but if we're smart and it doesn't work out this year, we could also be close next year. So a guy like Tatar could be really, really like something that they want, or it could also be a situation that's just. They could flip it again next year, right? So there's yeah. no reason for for not, them not to do it. So I mean, the extra year definitely adds a lot yeah. of value. Um, I mean, could maybe some teams be a little iffy after what happened with Vegas? Maybe. But like, it seems like Vegas is the anom- anomaly, right? Because it's not like he was slumping on Detroit. Well, that's right? true. That's true. He he obviously has had and, quite a few good years with Detroit. I mean, some teams might look at it that way, but Vegas to me just seems like it was a team that just had kind of crazy crazy chemistry in their first year they were all a bunch of guys that got together and were like no one believed in us let's show them they made a mistake 
and they kind of came together in that way. And Tatar just showed up half, like not even halfway through the season, like almost at the end of the year. And I, he I'm sure didn't have that same kind of chip on his shoulder. He didn't, so mm-hmm. it wasn't the same situation for him, right? It was a really unique yeah. situation yeah, I in think the you're NHL, right about that. you know? So, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind that you put Tatar next to Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin, he's going to have a heck of a year. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, uh, definitely if they added Tatar, I mean, they definitely, well, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're already up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Penguins. But, I mean, that would definitely put them over the top. And, I mean, I think, you know, if they do move Tatar, it would be have to be for a first round. Well, some people have said that if they do move him to uh, Pittsburgh, it would be for, uh, for their first round pick. And also Samuel Poulain, who was their first round pick last year. Obviously, Obviously if, if they have a French Canadian prospect, to he's gonna be in the in the rumors. <laughs> like they always have to be in the. What is Pittsburgh is probably like. I feel like Pittsburgh almost drafts more Quebecers than Montreal. They draft a lot of Quebecers. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Maybe, maybe Mario's just hanging out in Quebec, you know, maybe. and he's like, oh, I saw this guy <laughs> play. He's pretty good. You should draft him. Well, I mean, the Canadians. Let's be honest; they don't draft that. At least the last couple of years, I haven't drafted too many oh, Quebec players. But what was it? the last? They drafted a seventh rounder. But the so. last high, like that latest sec- was second round. Was that like LeBlanc? The first round is the most recent. Yeah, two thousand nine. Um, can't really think. Yeah, obviously that didn't. But that's going to change well. this year, obviously. Yeah, because and even he didn't him. even play in the queue. He was playing in the states. So who was it? Louis LeBlanc. Uh, yeah, but it's going to change this year. Is what I'm saying. Because they're gonna draft left. Oh yeah, of course. Of course, uh, we we did the, the mock draft last time, <laughs> and we finished first. So you know it is what it is. So we're actually not talking about prospect this week because Dustin didn't put up a poll. Uh yeah. So we'll uh we'll take care of that next week. Uh obviously we've uh, we've been out day to day or week to week with the flu. Yeah, week to, well, but, it, uh, it, it, we weren't both sick for two weeks straight. We just got sick at separate times. So it kind of <laughs> made, made the, the podcast as a whole has been sick for two weeks. Uh, essentially, but uh, yeah, we'll be back on a more regular schedule uh, moving forward for for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be back on uh, Monday or Tuesday. But before we we wrap this up, did you want to talk about the Rocket a little bit? How yeah. So the Rocket, I mean, the well, huge win again. Like uh, like I sort of mentioned yesterday. I mean, well, they had a rough weekend last weekend. Uh, they lost two games against. I mean, the division leading Belleville Senators. They were able to win one game, or uh, not win, but they lost one in sh- in, uh, in overtime. So at least they got one point out of four. But uh, they had a massive win last night in Laval against the Utica Comets, who are sitting in third place right now. The Rocket in fourth. Uh, like I mentioned, Xavier Wallet, one goal, three assists, overtime winner. Kakinami, three assists last night. Uh, Jake Evans had, I think, two goals and an assist. So they are actually three points uh, ahead of the the Marlies right now for the. Yep. It's the top four to make the playoffs, right? Yes, Marlies have or uh, well, they do have two games. They in do hand have now, two but... games in hand, but at least three points is. I mean, may, maybe the Marlies get those three points back, but it's like it's still a good cushion for a team that has two games in hand on. So it's it's, it's good to see the the Utica comments that were. Five points ahead, so it's looking like it's really that last spot between the Marlies and the Rockets. Yeah, well, uh, I believe Utica's played. Uh, yeah, they have one game uh, played more than. Yeah, and they can still the catch it for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, they have another game coming up with Utica, I believe, next week. They're playing Toronto on Sunday, so that'll be a huge game. Uh, it'll be an important game, and I mean Toronto's been struggling since uh, since they promoted Keefe, so 
hopefully the hopefully the Rock can pull it out. Obviously, I mean it'll it'll hurt to lose uh, to lose Wallet and Evans, uh, especially if they if they lose them for a while. But obviously, Kotkaniemi and uh, yeah, like, let's see Kotkaniemi and uh, Flurry dominate there. Come on, let's well, drag, actually, drag Fle- into the playoffs. actually Flurry's been pretty bad the last two games. <laughs> Why do you have he to struggled, give me bad news? But uh, Kotkaniemi is doing good. He's probably just bummed, you know. He's probably just bummed. Yeah, well, I think that happens. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're gonna get uh, probably paling back pretty soon. And yeah, I'm sure Wellett and uh, Wellett and Evans will be back before we know it. But uh, should be an exciting stretch. I mean, hopefully they make it because we're not getting Canadians to play out. Laval has, has never made the playoffs, right? Nope, third season. Hopefully, third times a charm. And that would be that would be absolutely fantastic. And for Kudkinami to get some playoff time. There you uh, go. Under under Kudkinami, Paling, Flurry, Brook. Do you think if they make the playoffs, Suzuki gets sent there? No, I don't think so. I forget what's the like it's the just, rule. Yeah, they if have to. The, if he plays all eighty-two games, can he then go to the AHL? Or basically, not? what they have to do is they have to send. They have to be on the rocket at the trade deadline, and the thing is, after the trade deadline, they can only call up four players. But they can send down as many as they want. They can send down as many as they want, but then they can only call up four players. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and uh, actually, fun uh, fun little note. Uh, yesterday, Michael McNiven got his first. Finally, got called up because Caden Primo was, uh, you know, got called up to the Canadians when when Price got sick. Played the game, first AHL start for him this season, first win. That's great. To really see. happy for him. I did see actually that Keith Kincaid uh, wasn't too happy. Yeah, he was pretty mad. Uh, he had to be talked to by. Uh... He's been pretty shitty, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his own fault for playing that yeah, uh, playing, playing that poorly. So, I mean, if, if he's going to have that attitude, then, uh, I mean, hopefully they keep McNiven around. I mean, at this point, he should just be happy he's getting paid to no, exactly. the, the way he is for, 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 and, for uh, what he's I, – I, what's the point? Keep McNiven. I feel bad for McNiven. Oh, exactly. I mean, I you mean, have to. He's had a horrible year, and he did well last year. Like, he deserved better yep. this year. He was killing it in the ECHL. He's played with three different teams. Well, Norfolk was his last team. He was, uh, well, they're, like, one of the worst teams, if not the worst. And uh, I'm. A, they're probably not planning on having McNiven back because they just went out and got a uh, backup goalie. So right, Fair enough. Fair enough. So that uh, pretty much covers it for uh, for this week. Bit of a, a bit of a shorter uh, podcast uh, for for this one, uh, but like we said, we'll be back on a more regular schedule starting uh, next week. Uh, a lot of games to talk about coming up, so probably uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday next week. Yeah, uh, we'll keep yep. you updated on Twitter. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'll probably do it Monday because the Canadians are playing on. Tuesday. Or actually, uh, don't don't make promises you can't yeah, keep. It, you know. So. Anyway, Monday or Tuesday, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a a win against the Leafs. Yeah, as much as uh, I don't think we'll make the playoffs, I always want to beat the Leafs because uh, that's just funny. Just to keep them out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that would be uh, the best case scenario. So follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Uh, like us on uh, Facebook. Or on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave some reviews on uh, on iTunes if you have them. We haven't had a review in a while. We just love reading them. It makes us happy. Mm-hmm. Don't you want us to be happy? Just something to read on the bowl. Exactly. <laughs> All right.